What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Wow, blockbuster trade. In the NFL, Von Miller to the Rams. Boy, oh boy. Um, If you had a chance to redraft the rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, who would you take first after eight weeks? And the college football playoff, the top four, well, the top 25 rankings will be released on Tuesday, but we got your top six right here. And Halloween just finished and some people are acting like we're fast forwarding towards Christmas. And that is lies, lies. Thanksgiving is in the middle. Um, I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. Uh, you guys can shoot us a text message, 818-293-7547. That's 818-293-7547. Or shoot us an email, I'm mad, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. So, Ralph, I guess we will start at the beginning. We have Von Miller traded from the Denver Broncos to the 
LA Rams for two day two picks. So that's either a second or a third round pick. So two of those um, in the upcoming draft, plus the Broncos are eating $9 million of his salary. When you, when I told you that, cause you hadn't heard it. I told you as soon as it came, came across, what was your thoughts? It's not fair. What's not fair about it's, it? Anybody could have made this trade. But anybody didn't. The Rams did. Somehow they have the ability to to be football's version of the Yankees and just trade off their future. But the future never gets traded off because there's always enough future to trade off for the present. And I'm sick of it. Dude, I don't mind it. Because everybody else in the league had the opportunity to make this trade. Like th- th- this wasn't anything exclusive to the Rams. Like the- they didn't have some sort of corner on the market. The difference is, is that the Rams don't give a damn about their draft picks. They are a payday loan franchise. They are essentially borrowing, borrowing money against future earnings. And I'm, like I'm very eventually that, that bill is going to come come due. All that interest is going to come due. They're going to have to tear it all down and have nothing in the cupboard. And then okay. Sean McVay is going to leave. I'm really looking forward to the day that that happens. But unfortunately, the Cardinals are good now. And they just lost J.J. Watt right now. And they're tied for the lead in the division with the Rams right now. So... I need that. I I need the bills to come now. I need I need Congress to legislate against payday lenders now. Like I need everything to go away immediately to give the Cardinals the best chance to win. It's already hard enough to block Aaron Donald. I had to deal with Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn on the same team all this time. Now they got Von Miller right as the Arizona Cardinals lose JJ Watt for the season. It's just a lot to process. And I really um I grew up rooting against the Denver Broncos because my whole family is from Wyoming. They're all Broncos fans. I I always thought it was weird the level with which Broncos fans worshipped John Elway and the whole team. And I just – the way that they're giving up on Von Miller right now and punting on the season is cartoonish, and they deserve every bad thing that happens to them as well. Well, they said that they because uh, I got a chance to talk to Benjamin Albright earlier, who covers the Broncos. He said that they foolishly believe that they can get the same production out of their young guys that they're getting out of Von Miller right now. And <clears throat> but the biggest reason for this is that Von is going to be due a new contract. And that they're not that they're never going to be able to come to an agreement on the number. So this is essentially a one year rental for the Rams and they've traded all their draft. They continue to trade all the draft picks away. So if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, considering that they traded away their first round draft pick this upcoming year for Matthews Stafford to get rid of Jared Goff. And now they've traded away you know, second and third round picks are, is there like, if they don't win a Super Bowl this, this year, they've wasted their time, correct? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that they'd agree with you there. I think that that's, that's the way that they've conducted um, business for the last couple of years. I think that any year that doesn't result in at least a Super Bowl appearance is a complete waste. If if you're going to mortgage the future, every single year to win now, then then winning now has to be 
part of when, the plan. Okay. When is the last time that you can remember a team saying going all in on winning now and actually winning now? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, uh, I guess, I guess Tampa Bay paying money to a 43 year old quarterback, bringing in Antonio Brown, doing some of the stuff that they did getting Bruce Arians out of retirement. The way I think the way that Tampa Bay has gone about their business, it's not the same as the Rams. They aren't dumping draft picks all over the place um, in, in almost desperation mode. Um, They didn't, I guess they did switch out their quarterback Jameis for, for, for Brady in the same way that the Rams um, felt like they had enough of a structure um, to, to trade uh, Goff for Stafford. Um, But I guess, I guess that would be the closest thing would be the Buccaneers, but it felt less, um, it felt less desperate. Yeah. But the Bucs, they didn't just go all in on one year. Like, they brought back all 22 starters this year. So it wasn't like a one year, like they didn't get, get, get any rentals. Every, everybody's back. Okay. I mean, but acting like Tom Brady's not a rental when he's 43 years old, signing a two year deal. Like they're not set up like with a Kyler Murley or a Lamar Jackson for the long term. They are literally it's win now or never, unless Tom Brady knows something that the rest of us don't and actually has the keys to the fountain of youth and has another five years left in him. The, they made sure the future is now by bringing in a 43-year-old quarterback. Yeah, but they but, but they also haven't mortgaged their 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 future. Like they they were able to draft in the first round. They have all these first round, they have all their draft picks left. So their their, their future is still now. You know what I mean? Like like the like the present is now, but also the future is is secure as well, assuming that they drive you know, uh, I mean, assuming that they draft relatively well. Well, and it, what what it all comes down to is the quarterback, because the last time you had a Bruce Arians run team that that had a quarterback retire, Bruce Arians quit instead of waiting for a, a similarly yoked or talented quarterback to come in to replace Carson Palmer. So it, I could easily see that whole coaching staff walking away or at least you know maybe maybe Bruce Arians giving way to Todd Bowles or something like that if he doesn't believe that they have the ability once Tom Brady is done to bring in a quarterback that can keep them a contender right away and I know that because I watched it happen in Arizona I'm not I I don't know so I get confused with where you stand on the Rams because first you said that you didn't really see a difference between Stafford and Goff but now are you saying that like you're 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 impressed with with their win now attitude or 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 you're just saying that all the eggs are in this basket and we can't judge unless they win the Super Bowl. Correct. Yeah. That's where that's where I am. That they've have put that they have thrown everything in on winning this year. I don't like that strategy because I don't I would rather my team be good you know, year after year after year after year, and then we win an occasional Super Bowl, then us having to tank and rebuild this whole thing. I don't like that strategy. I mean, but like, but that's that's me. I would never get a payday loan. I'm the guy that, you know, I'm going to cut my spending. I'm going to do this and do this. So then I can still 
you know, eat out occasionally. I can still, you know, do the things that I enjoy doing without like going to go buy a Gucci purse. And I'm assuming Gucci- the only reason that you feel that way is because the NFL has a cap and the MLB doesn't because the Dodgers. Correct. The Dodgers Correct. act like this. Yeah. They and don't which have a cap. Which is perfectly fine. Like I'm on board with that. Because the Dodgers don't like if the Dodgers traded away all of their minor league prospects to win right right now, I would I would hate it. I would absolutely hate it. But but the fact that they are that that there is no salary cap, well, sorta in base in baseball, you can essentially spend what you want, but yes, you do get into luxury tax, all, all of that stuff. But I, I just I like it. I like it because you should play within the rules. And if you have the resources to to do it, then you should do it. As long as it doesn't preclude you from being to able to do anything later. But if um, they if they win, if they win and then they gotta blow it all up, but they won, then that's not something you can take away from them. And it makes it a little bit easier to do I think once you have that. Yeah, you status, can't take it away, but okay. You can't take it away, but how did that work for the Florida Marlins? They've won two championships since 95, but what, like, they have no fan base because they win, blow it up. Yeah, but we won, though. Like, but then the fans can't attach themselves to the team that next year because it's not even, like, they don't have anybody that they liked still left. Okay. Like, none of the winners are still there. Let's be honest. Are fans in Miami and LA worth attaching to? I don't know about my, my Miami, but I know they are here here in LA. Because These teams, see, they the, come and go. How many teams have moved out of LA? Yeah, but the Rams, bro. They, have you seen the Rams and the Chargers games? They are sold out every single week, and why? Because, because they are winning. In the metropolitan area and the NFL sells. Tickets. No, because they're winning. If the they were, if the Cardinals were, a if dog. the Rams tank, I'm telling you, I'm just telling you how LA is, bro. If the Rams tank, people aren't going to show up. All right. So that's my point. Are these fans worth attaching? You're coaching for your own legacy. You're GMing for your own legacy. Uh, forget the fans. Do what you want to do to win that. Because with the Marlins, like, well, it would have been better for the Marlins to be a story. You're never going to be a storied franchise with with literal fair weather people, like where the weather is fair. I think that's where this phrase came from. You're not going to impress these people unless you're winning permanently. So you might as well sell out for a Super Bowl and cement your, your yourself in, in the history of the, the league's greats because if the fans are going to kind of come and go based on if you just have a 6-10 and 10 season that's part of the process – even Bill Belichick has losing seasons in 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 the process of trying to to have longevity, but those New England fans aren't going to go anywhere. He didn't do. They haven't had a losing season except for last year, and that was during a COVID year. You lose Brady. That's like their first losing season since Brady in, in twenty years. Right, but they had one. They had a. Everybody loses sometimes. If it takes you 20 years to have a losing season, dude, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. You cannot have losing season. Right. And if they go four and 12, Steelers fans are still going to be Steelers fans. Yeah, but you don't, if you're in LA, it's it's because they've been good for, 
But that's the point, Ralph. It's because they've been good for so long. Like fans and the yo-yoing don't don't match. They they like consistency. It, it is just like being in a relationship. You don't want somebody that's that's super happy today that they're like manic. They're they're like super happy and then they fall off and then they're pissed off all the time and then they're super happy two days later and then they fall like that's untenable to 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 deal with as opposed to just steady is the course like people can deal with okay people can deal with Iowa football they can't deal with the yo-yo that is Florida State lately they can't deal with the yo-yo that is you know uh other other teams they can't they would they would rather you win nine games every single year okay look at look at Iowa State Iowa State fans are happy right now right because they're relevant yes but but if but if they were to win 10 games last year go down to three back up to nine down to four back up to 10 bro people it would drive people crazy that's their history that's who they are. They get a coach in for five years who has one nine-win season, gets paid off that season, and then two years or three years of losing, they move on from a guy like Paul Rhodes, and they end up with a guy like Matt Campbell. They're just happy to, to, to be decent and in the top 25, two, three seasons in a row. What I'm saying is you have a bunch of places where the team is so ingrained in the culture, there is no L.A. Rams culture. In fact, the culture of that area is exactly what we're seeing right now. It literally is mortgage the future. It literally is fake it till you make it. The LA Rams could not be more LA if they tried than selling every bit of possible sustainable success to win right now. This is the nose job. This is the Ferrari. This is exactly who the Rams are supposed to be. <laughs> this is the, the, the LA Rams. Like, do you think Kim Kardashian's worrying what, what her backside's going to look like at 78 years old? No. She's doing it for the mm. gram right now, and so are the LA Rams. I respect it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, also, news uh, because you have Derrick Henry likely out for the season, or at least a long time after foot surgery. The Tennessee Titans are signing Adrian Peterson, and I love it, dude. I love it because he's going to get what he wants which is a chance to run the ball over and over and over again. And yeah, I think he's going to have a good season and finish with over a thousand yards rushing. How about Adrian Peterson's going to get a thousand yards rushing in, in, in nine games. Yep. Interesting. What, what do you, what do you think Adrian Peterson's legacy is? Cause we don't, we don't talk about him. He's one of the five greatest running backs of all time. Really? Yes. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else say that. I'm, I'm sure you can pretty easily make an argument for that. The longevity is is, is crazy with him. The last time he went over a thousand yards was 2018 with um, with the Washington football team. I was impressed in the six games that he spent in, in in Arizona. I thought he was still in really good shape. But we're talking about a 36 year old right now who who obviously has like freakish genetics and athleticism. But he's sitting uh, for a career. He's only 180 yards away from 15,000. We definitely don't talk about him in the same breath. I, I don't feel we talk about him in the same breath as like a Barry Sanders or or a Terrell Davis or guys like that. But we definitely don't talk about him in the same breath as a Frank Gore or a Curtis Martin, some of those guys who have the longevity stats. 
Exactly, dude. He Now, I would agree there. I don't think he's going to get the same love that Barry Sanders did, but like going to there, right? So assuming he is 449 yards behind Adrian, behind Barry Sanders on the all-time rushing list. Can, can, can we assume that he'll get 450 in over the course of the next nine games? In this offense, if he stays healthy, that's that's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. So then so and he's twelve hundred yard well, eleven hundred and eighty yards behind Frank Gore. So he won't get I mean, he may. I mean I, I, I will not put that past Adrian Peterson. But when you look at his history in the game, right? So I think that Adrian Peterson is better than Emmett Smith. I think he's better than Walter Payton. I think that uh, Barry Sanders is better when you look at, I mean. I feel like Emmett Smith I, and Adrian I, Peterson. I, I, I think you put Adrian point. Peterson and like Eric Dickerson in the same breath. Okay. Yeah, top five is tough for me because obviously you have the, the, the two that are cemented that no one is allowed to even debate are Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. Like, you will not find a single human being on earth that you can take seriously who would put either one of those two outside the top five. Your old timers are going to throw Jim Brown in there. Um, so I feel like two to three spots are up for debate. You're saying Adrian Peterson belongs. I think I think, uh, I think think Ladanian is somebody that I would definitely have. In, yeah, because in of five. his dual threat ability and all of that, yeah. And then if you're talking about dual threat ability, then do you also put in Marshall Falk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then that's so then for where, you, I mean. For you, it's Falk, uh, Tomlinson, Peyton, Sanders, and Peterson. That's a good five. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 quiet. Um, we we don't have to debate this, but but quiet is kept. Third best all time dual threat running back. Who is it? Because we 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 already got Falk and like Tomlinson is one two, right? Yes. Third best. Oof. I would need a little and, bit and more he's out of thirty third all time in rushing. Thirty third all time in rushing yards. Yes. <laughs> You're talking about Matt Forte. Yes, Matt Forte. Okay, you would you you would put Matt Forte as a dual threat above Reggie Bush. Uh, only because Reggie because. Reggie Bush doesn't have the the rushing numbers to compete with a guy like that. Okay. Uh, I would say because, if... Because if Matt Forte has almost 5,000 yards receiving. Huh? Oh, I, I, was, I was just saying that if, if C-Mac stops getting hurt, then he actually has an opportunity. But that, no, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, that, yeah. I, you know, you know who's super slept on, and like I said, I, I, I don't want to get to a full running back debate, but because he did it in such a short amount of time, but you can also argue, like with Emmett Smith, that it was just a matter of having a really great offensive line. Is that run that Priest Holmes had was 
pretty impressive. Yeah. But yep. I don't know because I then you also had Larry Johnson go in there behind some of that offensive line and do some do some pretty amazing things on four hundred some carries. Thanks, Herm Edwards. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and now, he, now he's right. into numerology and stuff. So, <laughs> oh lord, oh lord, he fell victim to that too. Yeah. God. Oh, poor All Larry right. Johnson. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, then, all right now we had a real question. And the real question is, if you had a chance to redraft the rookie quarterbacks from this year in the NFL, you have Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, 
and Davis Mills, who have all played significant time this this year, what order would you take them in if you had to redraft them, Ralph? Well, uh, to me, one's not up for debate. The only player out there that looks like they can actually like hang from from week to week is Trevor Lawrence. Mac Jones has done some interesting stuff for me, but the one guy that looks like he belongs, it's just a matter of uh, getting more talent around him and getting the game speed thing figured out um, is Trevor Lawrence. He does not look overmatched. I'm fully comfortable with him continuing to be the number one. The, the real debate for me comes at number two because you've seen some of the worst games I've ever seen at quarterback from Justin Fields with some flashes of him being truly special. And then with Mac Jones, you've seen some stuff from him that's like, oh, this guy could be um, a quarterback in the league for, you know, 14, 15 years. But then you've also seen some, some absolute clunkers from him. And then you have to wonder how much of like, how much of it is the scheme um, there's also a couple of really, 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 really great throws, uh, really great throws from Zach Wilson. But there's also the fact that he is getting murdered out there and not big enough to withstand the type of assaults that that, that he's taking and definitely not big enough to, to, to withstand it behind that Jets offensive line. Um, and then Trey Lance, I got to be honest, man, I have I just haven't really seen. I saw one game and it was unimpressive but he he'd been out of the game for long enough to where i figure he's going to need a full season of seasoning under his belt um so for me i guess my number two and this is a this is a coin flip uh i still like justin fields and then maybe mac jones at number three i don't even have davis mills in the conversation he might go undrafted oh. um oh yeah yeah he's been He's been brutal at times. For for me, Trevor Lawrence still looks the most competent, even though his situation is probably the the worst. Where now you have a situation to where his I and I and remember I questioned this about Urban Meyer that that he could be the thing that ends up breaking Justin Field. I'm sorry, breaking Trevor Lawrence, him being his head coach. So, I mean. Just and we will see, but I think he's probably in the worst head coaching spot out of all of them. Um, my number two would be Justin Fields. I think he's shown some moments of competency like this last week. I think Mac Jones has the best situation. If you put Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in Mac Jones situation, I think that their success is. I mean, we're talking about probably Trevor Lawrence's, oh my God, like this kid could be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Yeah, I would say that it would at least be even. And I'd throw Zach Wilson in there as well. I would say that what Mac, and and I really don't want to take away from Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones, but I think Belichick could do exactly what he's doing right now at a minimum with those other three guys. Yeah. And it's just hard for me to talk about Trey Lance because – I look at him and I'm like, oh, I totally get it. But at the same time, unless we're going to see him week to week, I can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I would put him next to last and Davis Mills absolutely last. Because for for Trey, we we don't have a large enough sample size yet. It is also very hard to separate yourself from watching what the teams they left are doing. Right. So when you look at Ohio State 
and CJ Stroud, you're like, oh, like maybe the system is contributing uh, to this a little bit. If you look at BYU, their new offensive coordinator, the fact that they have had multiple quarterbacks play and everybody has looked pretty functional, you're like, oh, maybe maybe it was a little bit to do with the system and not all Zach Wilson, even though he had some really special moments. Um, however, if you look if you look at Clemson. <laughs> And you're like, uh, okay, so obviously Trevor Lawrence was pretty special because they look terrible offensively without him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely awful. Um, And so those are our quarterbacks. But uh, this week, staying in football, we get the college football playoff rankings. We get – oh, wait, hold on. Before we even get there, uh, I almost forgot about the injuries. So we have – uh, Jameis Winston, he tore his ACL on a run that just it just didn't. Oh, God, it just didn't feel necessary. It just it was just a freak injury. And you saw it happen. Do you um, feel like the people who are saying that Devin White did something dirty? Do you feel like they, that, that that has merit? No, you're technically no. not supposed to tackle somebody. Yeah, but he was just trying to grab him like it, it, it was just the fact that Winston's not super athletic. He just, you know, it's just bad. And you know, I think bad you, things I, happen to good good people. And I think you nailed it. I think that Jameis, the, uh, that wasn't the only run where he fully gave himself up. He could have easily got hurt on the previous run where he broke three tackles. And, you know, he just... Dude, he, he, doesn't he, avoid he runs like you he has his, stilts for you legs. You see it in his training videos when they set up these things for him to work around and he just runs into every single one of them. Dude, he's not a good athlete. He's not. He's obviously a good football player, but I'm and when when I say a good athlete, I'm talking about his actual athleticism and physical traits. Like, can how you run fast, jump high, change your direction? All of those things. To, to say about somebody who could have had a 15 year career in the NFL or MLB. How oh, that he's not. That yeah. he's not that good of an athlete. Yeah, like. Like okay, so so I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I mean, Tom um, Tom Tom Brady's a terrible athlete. He's he's not even a good athlete. He's a terrible athlete. All right, I'll, I'll a, give you one because you and I are around the same age. Who is a better athlete, considering their like dual sport contributions, the fact that they could have been good at basically anything that they wanted to? Danny Ainge or Jameis Winston? Danny Ainge is a better athlete. <laughs> That's hilarious. Are you kidding me? Dude, I know, but that's that's why that's funny to me. His change of direction, his dude, <laughs> Danny Ainge is a Danny better Ainge athlete. And Danny, I think Danny Ainge could have played in the NFL, MLB. I think he did play in. in, in the, I think he had a cup of coffee for the Blue Jays or something like that. But yeah, Dan, Danny Ainge could have played. So it's just funny to talk about Jameis Winston and be like, Danny Ainge is a better dude, athlete. Than dude, you. he, Jameis Winston is like my former is probably a better athlete than my former quarterback I got drafted with, which is and I don't and he's a terrible athlete, which is Byron Leftwich. So, so that how how do you get to the point where you're good enough at football to where you're not athletic and you also are blind? but you throw 30 touchdowns in a season. <laughs> How good do you have to be? <clears throat> Dude, to he's got that many. He's like somebody whose sliders got messed up in Madden. Like awareness 40, uh throwing power 99. Like yeah. just everything See but the thing the but this but this year like 
you saw how well he was playing and how good the team was doing with him with a governor on him, right? And, yes. And you knew that at some point in time, the governor was going to start to come off a little bit. And so I was excited to see how he looked pared down and then built back up. So now, and, now we're going to have to find out the truth about Taysom Hill. Right? I think everybody knows the truth no, about Taysom Hill. but we, You we're trade gonna, for Marcus Mariota. That trade. would be a good idea. It, it, Sean Payton has to know deep down that he – I think he's something crazy like 9-2 and two with injury replacements. Uh, but that's short term. Yeah, but but he – it. He's a genius. Like it just goes to show you what he can do in a triage situation. So if you get him a functional quarterback like Marcus Mariota or or who else who else would be out there that's a that that is a backup waiting for another I mean, I guess Cam. Ooh. Um I mean I don't think Cam works there, but <sighs> let, listen, I don't know. I'm, I honestly like I don't know if Cam can get the ball downfield. Yeah, so that's why I go with Marcus because I got I got options now, I got options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I I wonder I wonder what the uh, what the, what the Raiders could pull for something like that because the Saints are pretty good. They actually have an opportunity to do something this year. Yeah, they have they a chance to go to playoffs. Yeah. All right, and then the Derrick Henry in uh, injury in Tennessee, which is <clears throat> devastating, and we talked about it in terms of the Adrian Peterson side, but dude, Derrick Henry was on pace than... to rush for 2000 yards again in, but done. in actually in 16 games, not in the 17 games. Right. Right. And then again, never been done. And he, he continued to get stronger as the game went on. I am not looking forward to all of the people that are going to come out of the woodworks to say, I told you so. Because we don't know if this is an overuse injury. Yeah, you know, we we it. I'm just not. Ex- I'm I'm not excited to have to deal with those people that are like, see, you only have a certain amount of carries. Like, yeah, I I I get what you're saying, but also Derrick Henry is not the same as anybody we've ever had at this position. No, he's you not. Are. He's he he's like a. You know how DeAndre Ayton only scores in the first quarter. He's like the reverse yeah. of that. <laughs> he, he does all his damage in the fourth. He only gets stronger with more carries. He's bigger and faster than anybody we've we've ever had. He's still a between-the-tackle guy. He doesn't take a lot of damage. My hope is that it's a freak injury that he can come back from, but it's just I, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see him go 2,000 back-to-back. I was already uh, getting ready to write this whole long thing about how um, he's he, the most disrespected player ever because you know they wouldn't give him the MVP just like they didn't last year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm really bummed about that one, but maybe Adrian Peterson will. Do you think Adrian Peterson's going to be the guy? They, they, they intend for him to get like 15, 20 carries a game? Yes. Okay. Yes. They're, no, they're going to bring, bring him in, see if he can handle it, and that's it. If I was the Titans, I might have I looked at Dallas and said like, hey, we will give you a first round pick for Tony Pollard. They wouldn't have taken it because Dallas is still in the mix and they like the two back system that they have, but like it would have been tempting. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, Now on to the college football because the college football rankings are, are here. 
you're going to have um yeah you're going to have the top 25 ranked this week on Tuesday Ralph what is your top 6 going into the week Oof. um i i mean the the number 1 i feel like is is super obvious uh in Georgia i have uh I have Alabama at number two, Cincinnati at three, Michigan State at four, Michigan at five, and you're going to love me for this, Oregon at six. Okay. Okay. I think that you are on to something, sir. Ohio State at 6B. <laughs> All right, me, I have for my top six, I have Georgia at one, Michigan State at two, Oklahoma at three, Cincinnati at four, Alabama at five, and Oregon at six. Okay, so you, you, how far back would you put Michigan then? Because I'm saying if I have Michigan State at, if I have Michigan State up there, at, at four and it was a three-point win and it could have gone either way and it was at Michigan State, I don't feel like taking that much away from Michigan. So that's why I included them. My team that I left out was Oklahoma because I just don't think – they're 9-0 and and you have to respect the fact that they're 9-0, and but they have not looked good. Um, No, I, w- I would agree with that. There there have been times that they've looked really bad, but they have continued to to win. They feel a lot like Oregon to me is that – is that there's a little bit, but but they haven't had a slip up, which is the most important thing is you have to win games. Um, NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So how do you think this ends? Are we going to keep, because I I saw a lot of tweets this week about how ESPN is already firing up the anti-Cincinnati propaganda machine doing everything they can to make sure that we don't have a group of five team in the, in the final four, the AP is probably not going to drop them back past two. So they're probably going to continue on to be the number two team. If the AP never drops Cincinnati back past two, and then, you know, God forbid Georgia lose a game and then Cincinnati would be number one. Do you think the college football playoff committee could justify leaving Cincinnati out of a final four with the AP having them at the number one or two spot in the country? would they even dare yes (laughs) would they would they dare bro yes the answer is yes so there's a situation to you where cincinnati could be number one in the country according to the ap and left out of the college football playoff oh there's no way that they would be number one in the ap if georgia loses if georgia loses cincinnati's going to go to number one no no they will jump them (laughs) <laughs> they Who will, will they will. Okay. So they're at if, two now. Okay. Okay. So what I'm saying. Okay. So he, here's the thing that we have to remember, right? Is that the college football playoff come comes out and then some kind of way, mysteriously, the AP poll actually ends up mirroring almost the college football playoff. And, yeah. and then there's the big correction between week one and week, week two. So, after next week's rankings, we'll have a very clear picture of how they see Cincinnati because Cincinnati from here on out, they can do like they play Tulsa, USF, SMU and ECU. They're not going to be getting done any favors. Right. They got to wreck all four of those teams and they lost out on the fact that SMU just took an L, right? Yep. Yeah, so, so that's not helpful. Yes. But two of those teams, two of those teams are actually good. Two of those teams that they're going to be playing are actually good. So they yeah, have but to they, be dominant. Yeah, they like in their game this weekend, they had to keep scoring at the end to make it look good. Because against Tulane, almost into the fourth quarter, it was it was like a four point game. Yeah, like for but, them to get I it mean, to 31 to 12. To make it look good, you were like, oh, okay, because nobody watched the game. 
Yeah, but you got to be real careful when you get into the territory of criticizing style points because you're trying to advocate for Oregon. No, um, and and the only reason why style points ma- style points matter more for Cincinnati because they're a group of five team. Cincinnati's in a better conference right now than Oregon. <laughs> stop, dude! You better dude. stop it. Okay, okay. Um, well, tell that tell that to to Washington who couldn't beat Montana and U of A who couldn't beat Northern Arizona. You didn't see that happening in Cincinnati. Well, conference. U of A is the worst team in the in the country. <laughs> I mean, only and, and even then, and that's my point. So, and even then, they only lose by seven to USC. The level of parity in this conference right now, the average USC is terrible, bro. Right now, the average number of bowl qualified uh, teams across the four uh, other Power Five conferences is four and a half, or it's a little under four and a half. The Pac-12 has one bowl qualified team, one. It is. This is the and worst you can't even year. blame it on the net because if they had won their non-conference games, everything would be fine. <laughs> right. Everybody no. would be bowl eligible. Yeah, but no, they had to go, and everyone keeps scheduling San Diego State. And now the big guy's beating them. Hey, but the there are club. four teams with five wins, though. No, there no, I'm sorry. Teams. Five teams with five wins. And but but they're also in the weird situation where because none of them play each other, you actually have a really small, like two percent chance that we go through next week with nobody getting the six wins either. <laughs> God, bro. So you could have Oregon sitting at at. Eight and one, which would put Washington at four and five. Um, you have, oh my God, bro, th- that would be a disaster for the conference because you would have, <laughs> because the, are, are you looking at the standings? Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. So you have, so if Stanford beats Utah on Friday, that's terrible, right? Yep. That'll keep them then, both under. And then if Oregon beats Washington, then they're four and five. If USC beats Arizona state, then they're both at five and four. We have to assume that Cal beats Arizona. I mean, but then they, they would only be four and five. Oh my God. And if well, <sighs> Colorado is not beating Oregon state. So, right, so that's the best chance for, for one other bowl qualified team is Oregon state beating Colorado. But with this conference, you literally never know. Uh, <laughs> Because it isn't, and it's in Boulder, right? Yes, it's in Boulder. Right. So I don't know, man. This is a this is one of those things where it's it, it's going to be harder. Like no matter what criticism they come up with for Cincinnati, Oregon's going to be in a similar boat. And so it's almost like by leveling a criticism against Cincinnati, you're leveling a criticism against against Oregon. I don't know. It's a mess. And then and in and, and the same way, you talking about Oklahoma or me saying like, well, they don't look good, but they keep winning. That also is used to defend Oregon. Um, I, I yep. don't know. I, I just think that it, right now with the, the Pac-12's best hope for a team to go to the college football playoff is for absolute disaster to strike the Big Ten which is going to be no, tough because no, all you need is o- Ohio state to win. I'm telling you, Ralph, all you need is Ohio state to win the big 10 and you go 12, 12 and one and win the pack 12 and you'll be okay. But that would include them beating three current top 10 teams. No, 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 it would two current top 10 teams. Yeah. You'd have and- two top 10 wins in the last four weeks of the season plus a conference championship. 
I'm assuming just, against a better team than the Pac-12 is going to offer up. It's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough well, for Oregon. To well, because Oregon would have to play a four law, a likely four loss team in the in the because <laughs> Utah is almost assured to win the South, right? Yeah. But Oregon has to play Utah, so then they beat Utah, and Which then you, even worse. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Oregon has Washington, Washington State, Utah, and Oregon State left. I just wouldn't hear this messy. I would really like it for there to be four, because I know we're not going to have the expanded playoff this year. I'd really like there to be four different conferences represented in the college football playoff. And the only way that well, happens then is pray Georgia for Georgia beat to beat then pray for Georgia to beat Alabama. Because if Alabama beats Georgia and they're twelve and one, then the argument of twelve and one teams. Include yeah, Alabama's going to win that one. Alabama's going to win that one over Ohio State and over uh, <laughs> Oregon. Right. You just you, by just so by you, sheer name. Are you ready for like absolute madness? Okay. Tw- twelve and one Georgia. Uh-huh. Twelve and one Alabama. Uh, thirteen and zero Cincinnati. Thirteen and zero Oklahoma. Twelve and one Michigan State. Or I guess it'd be eleven and one because only yeah. one team can go. Eleven and one Michigan State, twelve and one Ohio State, eleven and one Notre Dame, twelve and one Oregon, eleven and one Michigan, and possibly, possibly thirteen and zero Wake Forest. <laughs> and you'd have to, and then you'd have to figure out from there which four teams uh, would go in out of that top 10 with no one having more than one loss. Bruh, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, final thing up for today. Um, it was just Halloween. And people are going nuts. They are talking this, oh, college, I'm, I'm sorry, that they're, they're talking this, it's, it's Halloween, and then they're playing Christmas music. They are decorating their houses for for Christmas, and I hate it. Like people acting like Thanksgiving is not in in the middle. Like I know that you have your family problems. I know that you got <laughs> stuff going on, but you can't act like Thanksgiving just doesn't exist because it is by far. I mean, could could be like the best holiday. Okay. So you are saying people need to have more respect for Thanksgiving and you can't act like Thanksgiving doesn't exist. Yes. Okay. I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. (laughs) So make the case for me to begin Thanksgiving as a regular celebration. Okay. So Thanksgiving to me is not about pilgrims. It's not about, oh God, I, I, do I do I sound like one of these Confederate flag de- defending people it's right, heritage right now? Hate. <laughs> he said, uh, "Oh my God, do I do do I sound like one of them right now?" No, 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 okay. no, no, because because so, you're because you're saying that, it, it, that, that if that doesn't even factor in, no, I'm curious. I'm not it, anti Thanksgiving. I've had I'm it's 37. family celebrations to me, dude. It, for for me and my family. We celebrate together around food. Like th- this is more of a celebration of food and family than it is. Like we don't celebrate the country. We don't celebrate the like, 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 like. This is about 
thanking God for your opportunities and your family being together in your life and your blessings and all of this stuff. That's what Thanksgiving means to me and my family. Like it has nothing to do with like, we don't talk about the, 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 the Mayflower and the, and the, uh, you know, good old Christopher Columbus and, and the, and the rest of the, uh, you know, murderers, uh, uh, that didn't even discover America. And first of all, how do you discover something that people are already at, but that's a whole nother. Um, but then, yeah, so I don't look at it like Thanksgiving to our family has nothing to do with like, you know, like the history of the country and the Indians and pilgrims and all that. No, nothing. Okay. But you're still probably eating Turkey, right? Green meat, doing the traditional foods and stuff. You you say casserole, green bean casserole. That's like a that's one of the staples of. We don't uh, eat no green bean cas- casserole, man. Black people okay. don't eat green bean casserole. Well, I don't know. I like I said, I don't. I don't. I just I know what people. I, I'm 37. I've probably probably six Thanksgivings in 37 years, and recently I think we said because we actually two years ago hosted Thanksgiving. After never celebrate, like we had uh, my parents and my wife's parents came out. We typically do Thanksgiving at my wife's parents' house because they do it. And then my parents, my dad goes to the sand dunes and my stepmom goes shopping. And we So never- can you tell people why you, do, for, for those people who don't know why you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, tell them. Oh, it's just, it's as simple as it. most people celebrate it because it's a tradition. It wasn't a tradition for us, so we don't celebrate it. There's nothing against Thanksgiving or anything like that. My dad grew up, uh, my dad is from Northern Cheyenne Reservation, Lame Deer, Ashland, Montana, um, east of Billings, if anybody's familiar with, with, uh, with Montana. It's basically like North Dakota, South Dakota landscape. Uh, Montana flat plains area. Um, it's, it, it's beautiful up there, but and there's uh, 9,800 um, enrolled members of the Northern Cheyenne tribe of which I am one, my kids, my dad. Um, and it's just not really like a, like native Americans don't not, not all of them, but a lot of native Americans don't have like the traditional Thanksgiving celebration so he didn't necessarily always have it it was just a few days off so he's always used it to like go on vacation or do whatever and because i i remember there was one thanksgiving that i do remember as a kid because randy moss had like three touchdowns (laughs) i remember (laughs) we had family over we ate turkey and maybe randy moss's rookie year i think it was that that game where he had like three catches 150 yards, three touchdowns or something like that off of Randall Cunningham. And then I remember one year we went to Shoney's and ate Thanksgiving food and everybody got food poisoning. But other you than that, never eat the, that is a sin eating. If, if you are out? in your, <laughs> Oh, eating out on Thanksgiving, unless I've done that in my whole life twice. Do you Once, order the food that, that gets like, so Boston market makes it and then you just bring it in. Is that okay? If you, if, if, if you can't cook, then yes. That is okay. perfectly acceptable. If you can't cook or something in your life precludes you from cooking, then absolutely. But 
Like I think dude. Thanksgiving's cool. I think all the food's cool and everything like that. It's just it's hard for me to get up for it because I didn't. So Aaron, oh, Aaron, see. my wife and I have this thing of like, so we just every other year. So we'll do Thanksgiving, then the next year we'll use it as just like a four day vacation. Oh, see, I'm smoking two turkeys. Um, yeah, I'm brining them, smoking them. Like this is like a whole George thing. Like I get into it. And you and you're and and so you're saying it's not like because you still like go you go around. Everybody says what they're thankful for. Yeah. Um, you have family. I I just don't see like I don't know too many families that are like sitting around talking about like John Smith and the Pilgrims. I don't know. I, I, in elementary school, you learn about stuff like that, but I don't think. I just think that I I don't see any harm in celebrating Thanksgiving. It's just not something that I, so I'm already like I played Christmas music yesterday. I was listening to Aaron Neville Christmas music yesterday. Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville, hell yeah. You know who Aaron Neville is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. he's, he's got some good Christmas tunes. Oh God, no, bro. Dude, I have to hook I, I will send you a Christmas play playlist, dude. But are you gonna that, wait three weeks or are you gonna are you gonna respect the fact that I celebrate Christmas for two whole months and send no. it to me right now? No, I'm not sending it to you right right <laughs> now. I'm sending it to you. I will send it to you at 1201. Oh, well, actually at 12 midnight dot dot oh one on thanks post Thanksgiving night on Black Friday. So Black Friday shopping is when the first time that you'll listen to Christmas music. Correct. And then I'm bumping it every day. Do you think it's different out now that I'm and out Christmas a- music is OK until New Year's? When do you throw your Christmas or when do you take down your Christmas decorations? The latest I've ever taken down my Christmas decorations is probably like May. May? <laughs> what happened there? Were you just were you in the league still? <laughs> just didn't yes. get around to it? No, no, I was I was in I was in the league and I had had surgery. That's really so funny. I couldn't get the tree out. Okay, so fully capable, George. No back spasms, no knee issues. When are you taking your Christmas stuff down? Uh no later than uh like january 2nd okay uh i think that uh i think i think we should make it we should make january 6th the day that we take all our christmas stuff down so oh god <laughs> <coughs> oh my god in memory right. of <laughs> oh god in memory of the capital getting stormed wow. in memory of the guy who walked out with the podium that's when you should pack it all up. That's when you should pack it no later than January 6th. <laughs> well, you guys heard it here first. He's Ralph <laughs> Amson. I'm George Reister. This is Reister or Wrong. Peace out. Catch you guys later. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.